0: with the prayers that are going out across our country that salvation will come through this nation into the nations of Africa won't you just lift up your hands right now as we come and stand in agreement with many churches, many groups many communities around the country this morning and the moment and say God save Africa God begin here in KwaZulu-Natal begin here in South Africa cause our leaders to turn their faces to you, cause our leaders to be enwrapped by you and to be directed by you, even as the king's heart like a river course, but God directs its direction. We ask supernaturally, God, if you could use the Nebuchadnezzar of the past, if you could use even heathen kings and uh, rulers, to direct and your, your affairs. We declare over this continent, Lord, salvation. Come to Africa. Lord, let Africa be saved. Let our country, let our government, at this time of going into the elections, cause there to be vigilance amongst the authorities. Lord, we know there's many of your believers scattered throughout the ruling parties and the ruling party. And we want to lift up the ruling party and those in the ruling party who love you and hear you and follow you. We ask that they will shine like lights, like stars in the night, Lord. They will rise up and declare prophetically what this nation needs. South Africa, we declare the blessing and the favor and the goodness of our God upon you. We come against every evil, maligning, scheme of the enemy and we say no weapon formed against us shall prosper for our God is for us who shall be against us lift up a praise today and declare our God is for us who can be against us you are our King and this morning we just come and say oh Lord, oh Lord let your people rise up in confidence even now those of you standing Just breathe in God's courage. Courage. Courage to face the impossible. Courage to stand up against the opposition. Courage to go another round in the ring of life. Courage to speak where it's not popular. Courage to stand up. For righteousness and truth in the face of secularism and humanism, courage to say, No, you're not allowed in this kingdom. For the kingdom of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Can you just declare after me, Jesus Christ. Is Lord of Durban, of KZN, of South Africa, of the nations of the earth. Jesus Christ is Lord to the praise of God. Can we give him a praise this morning and just thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Lord.
1: Just as I was standing here and just listening to the prayer. I just had such a strong feeling of us being almost a prophetic body to KwaZulu-Natal. And I just saw the various races here. We've got Indian, we've got African, we've got white. And then I also saw the various people from various economic things. And I just felt like in the natural realm, Satan has managed to cause divide between the different cultures. He's managed to cause divide between the people of different economic backgrounds. And I just felt that we needed to do something, as it was in the spirit, to break that thing by joining hands. And I I really believe there's a spirit that's going to be broken over this body this morning, and there's a spirit that's going to be broken over KwaZulu-Natal. Please stand, join hands. Yes, thank you Lord. I'm sorry we don't have people of different ages here as well, because there's also a barrier with people of different ages.
0: Yes, amen.
1: Let's just join hands and just as a symbol of linking hands with the people right across, if you could just join right across the aisles, right across the aisles. I just just had a linking, a linking, a linking and a breaking of barriers. So Father, right now as we stand representative of the different cultures of South Africa, of KwaZulu-Natal, as we stand here representative of the different people from different economic, social backgrounds. We just break those barriers right now in the spirit realm. We break them, we break them over this church, we break them over this community, we break them over this town, we break them over the city, we break them right now over KwaZulu-Natal. In the name of Jesus, barriers broken, completely. There's been disunity between government and people and population, disunity between races. We just declare a spirit of unity by the Holy Ghost right now, a spirit of unity to come upon us by the Holy Ghost right now, right now, right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
0: You are, you are. Amen, Lord, this morning. For such a time as this, you've planted us in this nation. We are the light on the hill. Amen? You agree with that? I feel like these prayers are stocking up in heaven. I feel like these prayers are starting to build momentum in the spirit realm. It's not just us. We're one of many. We're about to continue with the the rest of the service. Uh, So... Feel free to sit down, and uh, thanks to the Musos for serving us this morning with their gifts. Wasn't that a great time? Thanks for coming in early. Thanks to Eskom for keeping the lights on. Thanks to Eskom for keeping the lights on. When I saw the traffic lights were down, I thought, I'm going into a hot building today, but, but my God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. But it's better to be in a cool house than to be in a hot house. Amen. Although plants grow well in hot houses, but that's another sermon. Good morning to you. And uh, it's uh, my pleasure and privilege to to announce that we're going to me and, uh, take up the offering <laughs> with a life group that's serving us. Please come up as we uh, prepare for that. Thank you to all of those who see this as a house to partner in. I say this every Sunday, but let me say it again. When we gather here on Sunday, what's really happening is a number of communities are coming together. Amen? Sometimes people say, you know, when the church gets beyond 50. I don't know the other people sitting on the other side. Well, maybe you don't need to know them. You just need to know who's in your circle of community. And you've got to build in your area of community and reach out to those who don't know Jesus from your area of community. Amen? This is not the community that I've got to get to know everybody. This is where the communities come together on Sunday to worship and for the prophetic to flow and to pray prayers that, that, that are a collective and, and carry a corporate anointing on them. So This is good. This is good. But if you're only relying on Sunday to Sunday to Sunday for your spiritual growth, you are depriving yourself of what it means to be in a meaningful community of relationships that gather at other times, and other forums, some regularly, some called life groups, some called interest groups, some called friendships that are gathered around, that they've got the DNA of, of we worship God, we love His Word, We want to reproduce what we got. So that means reaching out to the lost. Amen. Or else we would just become a big club. Oh, we're going to take up the offering here. Amen. Thank you. So, this life group here, this is one of the life groups in the church. Don't you want to give them a hand? They're one of the life groups in the church who meet semi regularly and um, love one another, care for one another, but not just become a holy huddle. They also want to see people they work with, their neighbors, their families, come to know Jesus as Lord. Amen. Yeah, I've just covered the A to Z of what it means to be a church. Is that okay with you? Okay, on a slightly different note, Janet and I have the great privilege of going to minister across in the Philippines. We are going to be ministering in a church next Sunday across there. And then at a conference, and uh, a number of pastors from around the world gathered together for a couple of days. We know that uh, Rob and Glenda Rufus come to South Africa. We recognize their apostolic gift, their friendship, their love. And we have a submitted relationship with them as leaders in this house. See, I can't ask anyone to be submitted to me if I'm not submitted in other relationships. Amen. And vice versa. So so we so when Robin Glender in South Africa they gather the twenty odd pastors around the country, we get together and have a time. But he as you know Robin Glender do that in several countries around the world. In Asia Minor, Kazakhstan, uh, Europe, States, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Holland. And every second year, all those collective uh, co-laboring teams come together for a conference so that's coming up in two weeks time and janet and i are going to be going across the next weekend ministering in one of the churches in the philippines so we'd like you to pray for us we'd like to hold you told you i want to ask the leaders the leaders can come up um, i know a lot of the, the leaders are away this weekend at least half the guys are away so the champions champions come up uh is that it All right, well, I'm glad you guys came today, okay?
2: (laughs) Lord, we just thank you for the privilege that we have in Steve and Janet, the gift that they are to this body, Lord, how they have sown, how they've waited on the Lord for revelation and how they've brought that revelation and grace back into this ministry, Lord God. We have all benefited from that, Lord. And I just pray that they are understand that they are sent with our blessing as a body, Lord. It's yes and amen from us, Lord, as that they are, are leading this family, Lord God. And I just pray that when they go, Lord, they will give and receive. They will bring back, Lord. And they'll be there'll be downloads from you, Lord God, in your spirit, into their their spirit, Lord God, to bring back revelation, fresh revelation for this house, Lord God. And I just pray that they will not feel pressurized, Lord, about what's happening back home. Lord, this is your church. Lord, you are building your church, Lord Jesus. And uh, we just pray for the protection of this body, this house. We pray for all that they're leaving behind in terms of their homes. That you keep those safe, Lord, from thieves that would come in and rob and steal, or people that would come and cause trouble, Lord. We just pray that everything would be smooth in that area of their lives, Lord. So, Father, we just thank you once again. What a blessing they are, and they go with our blessing. And we just pray that HEC would be represented and the love of fellowship and the union of the bodies of Christ would be represented in this Philippines conference, Lord, and the ministry that they are doing. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.
3: Father, I just thank you right now that as Steve and Janet go to the Philippines, that there will be a permanent unlocking of the glory of God and the revelation that comes with walking in the realms of heaven. Father, we thank you that as they go forth and share that which you've already put in their hearts as a deep treasure, that they come back even more enriched than what they left, that there's a supernatural multiplication of the glory in their lives, and that we have the privilege of being here to share with them all that has multiplied in their lives as they multiplied back to us. So we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Robin Glenda will be with us later in the year. September, the dates are on the board. In fact, when you come in, you get the notices for this coming they come most close events, but all the other events are on the, on the forthcoming events board uh, behind the couch over there, and it's on both sides, so it's a mirror image for those walking in and out. So you get it in, and you get it out of there. So you should know what's going on in the church. Now, activities, and Jesus is very capable of building his church. Amen. as we heard last week through through the word he does it on the revelation of who he is who do you say I am when we get that right by the Holy Spirit he says that's what I'm going to build my church on the Christ, the son of the living God not just a prophet not just a good man not just a hypnotist but one with God son, God God the son We get the revelation of who Jesus is. He says, on that, I'm going to build my church. So whose church is it? His church. Who's doing the building? He's doing the building on that revelation. So our part of our job is to declare his kingdom, that he's king, that he's Lord. We are called to preach the good news. And as that happens and people have the revelation of who he is, he builds them into his church. And the gates of hell that have locked up people, locked up their minds, kept them in unbelief, kept them in spiritual death, are not going to prevail. Because the church is on the move. And that's the revelation he builds it on. And he said to Peter, you kind of, you you sneak the answer. You You used crib notes because it wasn't your answer. You couldn't have known this. It was my father who revealed it to you. And that revelation of who Jesus is comes. We move from death to life. Amen. I was in two minds about sharing the next part of that verse last week where he then speaks about the keys. Straight out of in, in Matthew 16, starts talking about the keys. And I thought it's going to be too bulky. It's going to be too long. So I thought I, I'd leave that piece off. I get to the prayer meeting last Sunday morning. We start the prayer meeting. We're having good prayer meetings, by the way. Amen? A little room is buzzing in the morning. You must come join us one day. You, you walk out there energized. And I'm feeling the momentum of it. But anyway, so we get together to pray. And the very first prayer, uh, Mark starts, Mark Ellis, starts praying, Thank you, Lord, for the keys of the kingdom. <laughs> Lord, that what we find on earth, don't we lose, the and I was just like, Yes. So I've asked him to come and share a bit of this this morning. Because it's in his spirit, in his heart. And that's always the best message. Amen. So Mark, come up. He's going to share in the next 20 minutes or so around the keys. So just reach out your hands. We just appreciate gifts that God brings into the church. And we just receive that this morning that he has to minister to us. Amen. Mark, be blessed. Thank you. There's some water for you.
3: Good morning, everyone. Um, Those of you who don't know me, my name is Mark. And so this morning, I'm hopefully going to share with you something about the keys of the kingdom, just as um, Steve was speaking to you. What's important about the keys of the kingdom is that you understand that these keys have been given to you, okay, because the keys of the kingdom are keys that God has made available to every single one of us here on the earth, but only to those who are born again believers. So let's have a look at our scripture. Oh, back, there we go. Matthew 16, 19 is the scripture that we'll be looking at, which is the next verse that we looked at last week. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be shall be loosed in heaven now what this means is that jesus has given the church every one of us individually and collectively the ability to literally unlock what he has already made available in heaven on the earth okay now that's quite a big deal isn't it because that means that heaven's resources are currently at your disposal but yet many of us don't experience heaven's resources the way we would like to in our lives. How many of you know that every time Jesus did something supernatural, he was literally bringing heaven's resources into the realm of the earth and demonstrating the superiority of the kingdom of heaven over the kingdom of the earth. And so as Jesus did this, what he was doing was actually teaching his disciples how to do the same thing. The word therefore, bind and loose actually means to tighten up and to untie, or since in the context of keys, it's to lock or unlock. So what do keys give us? Well, keys give us access to authority. Now, how many of you know what authority is? Authority is legal right. In other words, you've been given a legitimate claim to be able to give a command and expect that command to be carried Authority also gives you access. So the keys of the kingdom give you access to the things of the kingdom. And the keys to the kingdom give you privilege. Why? Because you are privileged with the secrets of the kingdom because you have access to the kingdom. How many of you know not everyone has access to the kingdom? The kingdom is for those who have entered into it. How many born-again people do we have here this morning? Every one of you have been made kingdom citizens. A kingdom citizen is someone who is on the earth, living in the earth, but not actually from the earth. Why? Because you're born from above. You're a citizen of heaven. The keys to the kingdom give you an ability, an ability that no one else has, the ability to change circumstances in the lives of other people as well as in your own life. And we're going to look at some of these examples very quickly. The keys to the kingdom also give you freedom. You won't experience freedom unless you have access to these keys. Now, how many of you have got keys? How many of you have got keys? Right. Now, if you take your keys and you gave your keys to a complete stranger, would they know what to do with them? No, they wouldn't. Would they? would they know where the keys are supposed to go? Would they know which lock, which key can open? Now, maybe if you pointed them in the right direction and you said, look, these are the keys to my house, then they would at least have a rough idea as to what the keys are for. Am I right? It was so amazing. My wife and I were hunting for some houses, and um, we, found that we were taken to a place, and they couldn't get in. And the lady, who's the estate agent, said, no, we don't have the keys to get in. And I had a key on my key ring that I just kept, that I didn't know what it was for. And that key opened the door. Isn't that amazing? That key just opened the door. I thought, well, this must be prophetic, right? But the reality is, I didn't know that that key opened the door until I actually used it on that door. There was trial and error. But when someone tells you, look, this is the key for this car, then guess what? That key will open that door door to that car and start the engine and so on. Does that make sense? So we need to understand the keys and we need to know how to use them if we want to gain the advantage of the keys that we've been given, okay? Um, And these are just some of the advantages that we will have. Now Jesus is saying that he will give us legitimate access to unlock heaven on the earth. How many of you think that's pretty cool? At least ten of you. Anyone else want to join me there? Okay, right. So how do we use them? How many of you want to know how to use these keys? Come on, yay, Jesus. Okay, so I've taken seven areas. These are not exhaustive, but these are just quick areas over which Jesus demonstrated rulership in different areas as he used the keys of the kingdom to the kingdom, sorry, of the kingdom that he was privy to. Okay? He ruled over Satan. He ruled over sickness. He ruled over sin. He ruled over the Sabbath. He ruled over the storm. He ruled over the sleeping or the dead. And He ruled over shortage. Okay? So these are seven S's that you can take home and you can realize immediately these are immediate keys that you've got access to. Alright? And I'm going to show you how Jesus used them and if you copy Him you'll be able to do the same thing that he did if you believe that what he had, you have. And do you have what he had? Do you have the same spirit living in you that was living in Jesus? Were you baptized with the same Holy Ghost? Amen, you were. So that means that you've got the same one, right? Okay, so Jesus rules over Satan by casting out a demon, right? And this is Mark 1, 21 to 27, I want to take your attention to the green parts so that I don't spend a lot of time just reading through a lot of text, but I'm going to give you some summaries on all of these that I'm showing you, okay? So the first one is, Jesus, he is in the synagogue and he's busy teaching and the people are astonished at his teaching and they even say, this man teach as someone who has authority, okay? In other words, he spoke like someone you should listen to and you should, li- and you should do what he says. Isn't that right? Okay. So Jesus didn't come and give you options. He came and gave you the way. Are you, are you with me? All right. And then it says, and immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out and he began to manifest saying, this you are Jesus. I know you are. Why are you here to try and hurt me? And then Jesus, what does he do? He says, he rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. So, what was the consequence of Jesus using his legitimate access to casting out this demon? What was the result? Was that a demon got cast out. So, Jesus unlocked heaven in the room and drove out the devil. Come on. Right, it's good. Okay, watch. They even said this. They were amazed. What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. See, they understood what authority means. To be able to give a command and expect that command to be carried out. Jesus demonstrates the same thing over sickness when he heals Peter's mother-in-law. Now, guys, if you have a mother-in-law, pay attention. It's very, very important. Always make sure you heal your mother-in-law. Okay, so Jesus comes into Simon's house, Simon Peter's house. He finds Simon's mother-in-law with a fever. Jesus immediately goes to him, I mean to her, sorry. And what does um, he do? He prays for her. He he touches her and the fever leaves her. All right? So again, Jesus is exercising authority over the fever. Isn't that right? So he's exercising authority over the illness that is there. Does that make sense? okay? And now we can see that even that evening, in the, the little blue part at the bottom, it says, he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. That means that Jesus didn't just heal her, but after he healed her, the multitudes came and he healed many. Meaning that, that a key doesn't just work once, it works over and over and over again. Can I get an amen? Okay, well, at least you guys are listening. Hallelujah. This side, amen? Okay, good. Awesome. All right, so the next thing I want to show you is Jesus is ruling over sin, okay? Now, you're going to see this because as Jesus heals this man, he actually demonstrates his authority over sin, all right? And, yeah, let's have a look at it so you can see what I'm talking about. This is in Mark 2, 4 to 12. Now, this is a story where four men are trying to get a paralytic to Jesus, but the crowds are so many, they can't get to him. So they end up putting the man through the roof. How many of you have heard this story? All right. So when the man comes down, Jesus doesn't see the man and go, oh, be healed. The first words he says is, he saw the man, all right, he saw their faith, and he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. I wanted to let you know this morning, your sins are forgiven. These, those who said amen, are actually forgiven. So, okay, so your sins are forgiven, okay? It says, and now, some of the scribes and the Pharisees, they were saying in their heart, but only God can forgive sins. Isn't that the same thing that many people say immediately when you tell someone that their sins are forgiven? Only God can forgive sins. But Jesus says to them, which is easier to say to the paralytic, the sins of, your sins are forgiven, or to say, take up your bed and walk but that you will know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth. You see there again? Authority on the earth. To forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, pick up your bed and go home. And what happened? He rose up and he went home. You see that? Jesus exercises his authority over sin and demonstrates it by healing the man as a sign to them that he has authority over sin. Now, who's the Son of Man? Jesus and everyone who is born a son of man. Because Jesus is operating according to the son of man. Isn't that right? Okay. So another thing, Jesus rules over the Sabbath. And this is where the, the basically what happens is the disciples are eating some grain. And then the Pharisees say these people are basically eating grain and they're, you know, they're breaking the Sabbath. And So Jesus is saying, don't you know that even the patriarch David, when he was hungry, those with him entered into the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he also gave to those who were with him. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is even Lord of the Sabbath. So do you see that? Do you see how every one of these examples, Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus rebuked, Jesus commanded? Are you seeing that trend? Okay, because it's important to understand how to use keys. You actually have to understand how he used them. Jesus had an understanding and had that understanding he spoke it forth into the situation and as he spoke, he was able to change the circumstance just by what he spoke out of his mouth. Does that make sense? Because we know there's power in your tongue. Isn't that right? But you can see how Jesus is using the keys in every single one of these instances. Jesus rules over the storm. does very much the same thing. A great wind breaks forth. The disciples are in the boat. What's happening? They are getting all afraid and frustrated. Now, was Jesus teaching them how to use the keys of the kingdom? Was Jesus teaching them how to do what he could do? He even sent them out to do the same things that he could do. Isn't that right? But what happened? Yeah, they were so overcome by fear that they couldn't operate in their authority. They forgot the keys that they had access to. And so what did they do? They did the very next best thing and they complained. Because what they said there wasn't, please help us. They said, don't you care about us? Isn't that the same thing many people say when life comes tumbling down on them? God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? No, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Use them. Come on. Come on. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Use them. In every situation and circumstance, don't speak what you see. Speak what you want. Jesus wasn't speaking what he saw. If he did, he would have been speaking, let it storm on, isn't it? What did he say? Jesus said, peace, be silent. What did he want? He wanted it to be peaceful and silent. Isn't that right? So he spoke what he wanted, not what he saw. Because we don't walk by sight, we walk by. All right. So we can see very clearly here, Jesus calms the storm. And what's their conclusion? Who is this then, even, that the wind and the sea obey him? Do you understand? Even the elements are obedient to you. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm praying for all of you. Jesus rules over the sleeping and the dead. Are you guys going to remember these seven S's? Okay. So Jesus rules over the sleeping and the dead. What happens? Well, there's a story of Jairus and his daughter. And what happens is uh, Jairus comes to Jesus while his daughter is still sick. But by the time he gets there, the news comes that his daughter has died. And so Jesus goes anyway to the situation. When he comes there, there's a bunch of people crying. Jesus says, she's not dead, but she's sleeping. And then obviously they laugh at him. And Jesus very kindly puts them out isn't that right and then he takes her he goes to the child's um, room and in the blue there it says taking her by the hand he said to her what did he do he said to her what was the situation what was the reality she was dead but did Jesus see it that way No, Jesus saw it differently. Because he saw it differently, what did he say? Wake up. Because he saw it as sleeping. He didn't see it as dead. How you see life will determine how you respond to life. If you see the world according to heaven, you'll respond to the world from heaven. Jesus, help me. Okay, so, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And... Immediately, the girl got up and began walking For she was 12 years of age. Isn't that amazing? She gets up. One command from Jesus. Now, you've got to remember, Jesus was walking in the fullness of what it means to be a son. You are still growing. But if you don't start using the keys of the kingdom, you'll never experience the keys of the kingdom. Does that make sense? Yes, Jesus said it's enough for a disciple to be as the master. But the disciple will only be anything like the master once he's already trained. So there's training. There's actually putting it into practice so that you get where you need to go. Okay? Jesus rules over shortages. Anyone here had shortage in your life before? Uh, Only one person. That's honest in the room. Anyone else? (laughs) Anyone else? Okay, so you've had shortages. How many of you know Jesus never had a shortage? But did it look like he had shortages? when you've got 5,000 men to feed, except for their, their wives and their children, and you've only got 200 denarii, do you think you can feed all of them? It would look like a shortage to you. Isn't that right? So when Jesus went to his disciples, they said, well, we don't even have enough. If we bought, with all the money we have, we don't have enough for all these people. And what does Jesus say? He says, what do you have? You see, what will happen to you once you realize that you have got access to heaven, is that you will start asking, what do I have? You won't say, I don't have enough. Come on. You'll start realizing what you have access to rather than the lack you think you have. Does it make sense? How many of you know two fish and five loaves could never feed that crowd? I mean, otherwise they must have had a really big fish and really big (laughs) loaves Well, they called honey i shrunk the kids and just shrunk them all so one of the things here is you've got to pay attention to is that jesus takes what there is and he blesses it in some of the other other versions of the story it says he gave thanks this is the only example out of all of the ones that i have where jesus operates differently to the others have you noticed every single story Jesus is taking authority and speaking to the situation. In this one, Jesus is actually giving thanks for what he has, and he is literally causing it to multiply through his thankfulness. Come on. Do, do you see that? The one is talking to God about the problem. To the others, he's talking to the problem about God. Oh, come on. Come on. So if you want to learn how to use these keys, you've got to know... How to use them. Isn't that right? You've got to know when the situation calls for you to speak to the problem and when the situation calls for you to speak to the Father. Because prayer is the key. And this is what Jesus basically ends up saying. He says, whoever believes in Him will do the same. Watch this. John 14, 12 to 14. Truly I say to you, whoever believes in Me also so he will do also the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. Is that you? Are you a believer? Anybody else? Are you a believer? Yes, yeah, so that means you, doesn't it? And what he says here, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Remember, asking, sometimes the word asking is not just requesting from heaven, it's also speaking on behalf of heaven. So you have to understand when you're a representative of heaven and when you need resources from heaven. And that's the two modes of how the keys work. Does it make sense? Okay, hopefully you've learned something valuable. Jesus said that just as Jesus used the keys of the kingdom, now he wants us to use the keys of the kingdom. So, go into all the earth and make disciples of all nations. Because why? Why? He has been given all authority over heaven and earth. So he has the right to give us a command and expect us to fulfill it. Amen. I trust that you're blessed. Thank you very much for your time. Amen.
0: I think we're all faced with some realities of where our circumstances and our past experiences seem to be in contradiction to a message like this. We've got a choice to bring the Scripture down to our experiences or say, I'm going to bring my experiences up to the Scripture and to the Word of God. And we all face that. Else it wouldn't be called faith. It wouldn't be called the walk of faith. But this is such a necessary word. Because Jesus is building his church on the revelation of who he is. But it doesn't stop there. That church is advancing into the gates of hell, plundering them to populate heaven. And how do we do that? Well, I hope this message this morning did that. So don't you want to stand on your feet. I want to ask Mark to pray for us. I know different people have got different faith at different times for different things. And as I've been meeting with Mark and talking through some stuff, I really do believe this is an area where he's got confidence and faith. So we need your gift and your gift and you need this gift. So will you just receive right now as he prays for you?
3: Father God, I just thank you right now for every single person here. That your word is like a two-edged sword and that it cuts and separates, but that it brings revelation and understanding. Father, that we will know that your word has called us to a level of life that is easy in you, that we learn to walk with you hand in hand. That we learn to take advantage of every situation for the advancement of your kingdom and speak your will into every area of our lives. That we choose not to look at what is going on around us, but we choose to listen to what you have to say about it and agree with it. Father, we thank you for that revelation in our hearts right now, every person listening to me, that they will come to understanding that they have the power and the authority in Jesus to see the world around them change just by what they say, by speaking truth to the chaos and bringing it into
0: order in agreement with the will of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And if there's an area in your life where there's sickness or...